Hey guys, welcome to this little Chacho podcast. I'm Dimitri. <laughs> I am Alex. And I think today um, we should go over somebody new coming into strength training and expectations and the reality of it. Because, I mean, for me, I just started training one of my buddies who has been talking about getting training for months and has kind of just been ghosting me the whole time. He'll he'll like reach out to me like, yo, man, I want to like start training. I want to do all this, that, and the other. I've been watching all these videos. How long till I get big? Yeah, yeah. you know. And then he's like, hey, yeah, just come on over and we'll start training. Okay, man. Uh, okay, well, well, I don't know if I can make it today. Let's 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 plan for next week. You know, it's just stalling. Right. Yeah. Regardless of that, he started training this week. Right. He's been doing uh, kettlebell stuff at home, and now he wants to start training for realsies. What's wrong with kettlebells? Nothing. It's just he hit a limit. What was the limit? His weight. The sky's the limit, man. The weight of the kettlebell. And continually have to buy more, more. and more kettlebells. More. Yeah. So he's been fine. I don't know if, like, when I was starting into starting strength, I would talk about it and he would hear it and all that. So he's been kind of hearing me talk about it. And he started doing his own research on it and following them and kind of looking at the results and seeing that. And so he wants to start strength training. Okay. So he reaches out to me. He's like, bro, I want to start strength training. He said like, like that textual words? Yeah. And like quote? Yeah. Cool. I can quote him on that. And I'm like, all right, let's schedule a time. You can come over. And so he came over. This was this week, Monday. And I took him through the progressions, through squat press and deadlift. And he did fine, right? The numbers weren't out of the norms of what somebody would squat, press, and deadlift. Uh, the only limitations we hit were because he's a tall guy in the basement. He kept hitting the ceiling <laughs> with press, press with tens on it. Damn. So that's going to be an so issue. That's his limitation. Yeah. It's like kettlebells. Yeah. You just limited him because of your roof. Unless we just start doing seated press, which isn't nearly as dynamic. But it's harder. Yeah. So, but that might be what we have to do. Yeah. Something you have to adapt. Yeah. To overcome. But he's been a guy. Bags. He's been a guy who played sports, like he played basketball his life, loves playing basketball, um, has messed around with some other stuff. So he's kind of athletic. He's been athletic. Yeah, he's always been doing stuff, but he's a big dude, right? He's like 6'3". He used to be in the 300s his whole life as an adult. Pounds? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and so now he's down to like 250s, 260s. Phenomenal job. He's lost weight, and he's kept it off for a while, which is really good. Really good for him because he's never been able to do that. And he was having issues. He decided issues. to stay 250 and a strong, huge guy. Well, he started doing kettlebell stuff. And he was like, "It, it's amazing to me how just doing some movement made a difference. <laughs> some movement. Yeah. Which I think is a, is a theme. Funny that, how just moving yeah, makes a difference. I, right. And I think that's a theme that we'll kind of hit on lots. How anything is a stepping stone to something bigger. Right. Just get your body sweating, and then you can move from there. And so, you know, he's had knee issues because, you know, he grew up real fast. So he had, like, uh, knee tendonitis and, like, kneecap issues. And he's had shoulder issues from basketball and all that. Yeah. And so he said when he started doing kettlebell work, a lot of his pains went away, right? He um, is in a car all day for work. And so he had back issues. Back issues started to get better just yeah. from doing some kettlebell work. And now he's like, I've, I know the limitations of kettlebell work. I want to get bigger and stronger. Like, awesome. Welcome to my world. Right, exactly. 
So come to my dungeon. At at this point in time, I still think that the starting strength linear progression it's really good. It's pretty good. Yeah. The only thing I change on it is I run sets across on deadlift. What do you mean? I run sets so like he'll do three sets of five on deadlift. Oh, you run you write sets. Uh, sets across. Gotcha. So, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. not just one top set. Gotcha. Gotcha. More so like because traditionally on the starting strength uh, linear progression, everything has sets across except for deadlift, which is one, one top set. set. Of five. Yeah. Yeah. But you, more volume, the better more vo- your yeah. newbie. Yeah. Long term, because again, like I'm, the point of us having him run this progression isn't for him to end LP and go for a one RM, right? Right. It's to build a base that will progress longer. Right. So, I, and I told him, you know, he's... Plus, the more volume, the more practice. Right. So that's the other thing, right? And I think that's something that nobody really talks about is right. outside of just strength training, it's, or like the, the peak strength numbers, it's the practice of it. Yeah. That's what I told him. Like, you know, traditionally, because I know you've read it or you've, you've looked into it, they do one set of five. I don't think that's enough volume. It's also more practice for you to get better at it. Yeah. And I told him in, you know, by the new year, I'll, I'll see him pulling three plates. You know, like I'm going to aggressively drive up deadlift, do 10 pound jumps each time he deadlifts, which will be three times a week, two to three times a week, add 10 pounds, at least for the first couple weeks, right? That's 50, 60 pounds right there. Easy, cheap strength. Keeping it an RPE of seven, eight. Yeah. Not heavy at all. And that's the thing for him. He doesn't realize how strong and athletic he is. So like for squat, I try to put him in a low bar position, shoulders are too tight. Right, he w- it was really uncomfortable for him, so we're doing high bar. How do you work around that? High Which bar? is just high bar, yeah. And it's not even like wrist mobility, because I can get his wrists pretty narrow and he's fine. It's just like it's just that sliding it down, it down the back, yeah. Yeah, the clamp, you get the little tingly, com- comfortable. Right. Um. Yeah. Yeah. And I told him that'll come with time, right? And if it doesn't, high bar is fine. Literally, the more you do it, yeah. the more mobile you'll get. Right. Right. Practice. Yeah. Practice volume, and um. He did fine. He is he his big issue with the squat is uh, not bouncing out of the hole, right? So like when you come down in the squat, he kind of pauses there for a second, and then comes up just to feel everything, which I think a lot of people when they first squat do pause, right? Yeah, because you in your mind if you're if you're well, too dynamic, right? This is what I've actually kind of like gathered uh, information out of. It's the same way, right? Because you you ex- we explain it a certain way. Like what happens at the top of the squat, during the squat, bottom of the squat. Um, so at least for my clients, what I keep asking, like, you don't have to pause, you know, just keep it smooth, let it flow. Uh, he's like, well, you told me to do rock back, keep your knees out at the bottom and then come back up. I was <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, but let that flow. Yeah. So what they do is like they squat down, they pause, they open their knees, they rock back and then they come up. Right. But everything during that little pause, I was like, no, you don't have to pause it. Just let it go, you know, flow, easy, nice and easy. It's like, but when they do let it flow, they kind of like mess it up. They go too fast. Right. Either or, too fast or they shoot forward because yeah, of the yeah, bounds. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was like, okay, so slow it down. Because I prefer, you know, slowing it down, pausing and rocking back. Right. I mean, technically a pause squat will get you stronger. Right. So, I mean, I have nothing against it. It's just eventually like I transition into let, let it flow a little bit more. But it's it's interesting that you say that because I'm not the only one seeing it. No, no, no. And and I think the biggest issue, and I think you, you really hit on the head, is there's so much going on in the squat. So much. Thing. Right? Yeah. I mean, and the, so much technicality. There so is. Much, and yeah. the teaching progression does a good job of simplifying it 
for the person learning the lift. Right. But as a coach, we still see like a million things wrong with the lift, but we only cue like one or two, right? Yeah. Because if you overwhelm them with like five or six different cues, like, oh, make sure you keep your knees out and over your toes and your hips and your chest and your, it's too many stuff, right? So like one or two cues at the most. Yeah. And so like the bounce part isn't the, like you were saying, isn't the biggest issue. It's if, and this is what I told him is I'd rather you do it slower and smoother than try to go down. Dive bomb it. Right. And then letting everything go out of whack. Right. Yep. So always, always, I will always emphasize slow and smooth over fast and jerky. Definitely. Right. Especially on Quality these. Quality over quantity. Correct. Always. Correct. And so, like, that was his biggest issue, right? We figured out the high bar situation. He was getting a little bit better, and he would do the same thing. I'm like, okay, you just got to speed up just a little bit and bounce. And then he would go too fast and, like, dive bomb, right, and just, like, bounce off his off his heels and, mm. and come back. I'm like, no, 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 that's too much. That's too much. Just slow the whole thing down. And then he's like, man, you're, like, telling me to go fast and slow. I'm like, no, 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 no. What I'm saying is when you're coming down. So now little frustrations coming in. Don't pause and come. Right. Yeah. Where, like they're not understanding what you're saying and you have to figure out how to speak to them, which is another relationship. Yeah, it's different. Uh, you're not going to explain one thing and make it sound the same to different people. Right. Like the interpretation that they're going to have is going to be very different. Right. And that's one thing that I've completely learned. So going on a tangent a little bit there, I, I love using analogies when I coach. Right. I love it. I don't know why it j they just come up. Right. Sometimes I'm not even over. I'm not thinking about it. They just come out. Right. So there's one that I've been using lately that I thought, you know what? This will work. Everybody should know this. Have you seen the Avengers? Which one? Any Avengers. Yes. Anyone with the Hulk. Yes. Okay. You know, when the Hulk drops down from a high building, the indentation, the crease and the, the cement that he does. The little crater or whatever. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. So when I say pusher, uh, heels down push the ground that's kind of like where i want you to look at how to produce a lot of force right a lot of strength power through the ground right try to create that indentation right that's actually really good i know that's really good right so i say have you seen the avengers <laughs> five out of five i've gotten a no really oh no i was like oh my god okay so like, no! on the spot i was like okay so uh, have you seen Dragon Ball Z? Really? You know, You're going to go with, the more obscure reference? Yes, because, you know, some of these guys are like my age. You yeah. know, I expect them to, if I saw it, you know, at least an episode they've seen. A meme, right, of Goku powering up, right? They say no. So I was like, oh, my God. Have you seen? So the last one I used, have you seen 2012, right? The at end of the world. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Huge uh, meteors coming down and then to make indentation on the ground. Right. No. Okay. How do I go about it? So now I'm like, okay, so you know when a boulder, you know, drops into the ground, the cement comes up, you know, you see the indentation in there, you know, it's like, yeah, 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 yeah. Try to create that same indentation when you're pressing. Try to create that same indentation when you're squatting, deadlifting, even benching. Yeah. Right? Oh, okay. And then now they're using more of the leg drive, right? That's actually really good. I like that. But uh, it, it's funny because like, using that is not going to uh, be useful for most people, some people will understand right. it with the hawk immediately. Uh, some won't, right? And then some people will say, well, how do I do that? How do I press? Um, so it's like you can't expect to learn one thing and coach it that same way and expect everybody to understand it. Yeah. Um, sometimes you have to, like, adapt and overcome 
during uh, sessions. Uh, well, that I think that I mean I, I think we'll probably talk about this in another podcast, but that's the sign of a, of a pretty good coach is their adaptability and a, a to ability explain. to explain things to different people, yep. right? But I think you kind of I mean and the, still on a tangent, but I think using imagery helps. Definitely. So like one of the things when teaching a squat that I've heard people use and kind of works is like if you tell them to bend over more, like people don't understand what that means, right? Bend over more. So what somebody I've heard somebody what Bill's used is um, pretend you're you're bending over to pick something up off the ground, right? And then people, oh, okay, I'm gonna understand. I'm gonna get my chest down. So like if you tell people chest down, what does yeah. that mean, right? Right. Like, uh, but sometimes, sometimes it's 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 saying chest down. And having your hips follow, not right. leaving them at a certain position. Right. So what I use uh, is uh, two two-by-fours. Okay. Right? One two-by-four connected in your clavicle. Yeah. And then the other one connected in your hip. Yeah. Same thing in your back. Yeah. Right? Spine, hip. So that's going to prevent you from having any flexion or extension in your thoracic. Um, it's going to prevent you from uh, separating your chest and your hips. So essentially, you're going to be dropping in straight. Right? So if your hips come back, your chest is going to drop naturally. Right. Yeah. Right? Just let that happen because those two by fours are preventing you from moving. Yeah. Um, so that prevents a lot of uh, chest up overarching your lower back. Mm -hmm. And it prevents a lot of leaving your hips up while your chest is down. Yeah. Um, so a that's one of you. So that's a physical cue, right? That's you like physically doing something yeah. to someone to in order for them to get. And some people need it, right? Mm -hmm. Some people need that, that proprioceptic feel to understand like the, when you like cue someone to like get tight in a deadlift right to squeeze their chest up i don't understand what that means right you're gonna go and you're gonna give them like a slight tap on their shoulder blades be like make this as tight as possible yep okay and they feel it and then like oh that's what you mean yes that's right. what i mean wrapping the bar around your body so like, et cetera, et cetera, well like for him one of the, the cues i was giving him was um for his knees he was keeping his knees back on the squat right keeping his knees back yeah so like he wasn't posting his knees so like he oh. wasn't getting his knees over his toes like over he should toes, have. Like, yeah uh, your gym teacher told you not to right and so i was telling him about that and you know and how he should get his knees over so so i just cued him and i just said get your knees forward faster he's like what does that mean i'm like just do it like, just get your knees forward don't think about it just do it and he did it he's like how does that work i'm like because it just does your body's mechanics like yeah yep. he's like the, the squat was easier i'm like yeah Cause your knees got out it's of the like, way. It's like let your body work. Yeah. Don't fight it. Right. A lot of people fight their body because yeah. you know your gym teacher said this, your gym teacher said that. Yeah, it's ingrained in you forever. Yeah, and you grow with that, right? So what I like to say is like, yeah, see, I'm not teaching you anything new. I'm unteaching you your bad habits. Correct. And then when I unteach that, when I erase that out of your brain, your body does this. Right. And alone, right? That's it. Let your body work. Let it function. It knows how to protect itself. Let it go. Yeah. So he kind of started to understand and he um, is very excited about this. So he's like really asking a lot of questions and talking Ooh. a lot. Yeah. Which is awesome. Awesome. Right. Yeah, I, love, I love someone who's super involved and in asking because the questions. more involved they become, the more into it they go mm -hmm. and the better they perform. Yes. Right. The better they perform. And so he like, as he's a big dude. Right. So he the press was fine. He's had, he's had shoulder issues, but we pressed and he had no issues. Funny enough, people with shoulder issues don't have issues when you press. Uh, so with deadlift, he had deadlifted. He's done like, like I said, he was doing kettlebell work. So he's deadlifted some kettlebell stuff. The one time he pulled with a bar, he was working out with a buddy of his. And he just so happened to pull 300. Never having pulled before in his life. And I'm pretty sure he didn't warm up correctly either, right? 
For sure, it was like a one plate, two plate. It was like, oh, there's 300 in the bar. Let me try it. Yeah. I've done that before. Yeah. I think we all have, it, right? At some point, yeah. Yeah. I, I think so. Before we knew what we were doing. Before we uh, became professionals. Right. And so I walked into the progression, and for as much criticism of anything, the starting strength, deadlift, teaching progression simplifies it so much. And the biggest thing for him was he's tall, but he's not like proportion or um, lanky, right? So he doesn't have long arms. He doesn't have a long torso. He's got uh, proportionately built legs, torso, arms. So he doesn't have like the advantage. The mechanical advantage. Right. So he has like the couple times he deadlifted, he said he was in pain, right? And it was probably part of it was him just pulling a lot but the the guy who was helping him the his, first times with you or no no no, no, no no without me right this gotcha. before the first time you ever deadlifted, okay right yeah. he said he was in pain it was uncomfortable for him and part of it i think was the guy that was helping him his buddy was telling him the old false of drop your hips as low as possible squat the deadlift. yeah squat the deadlift which you don't want to do never right and he, you already squatted. Why would you squat well, more? Well, here's the th- yeah, exactly, right? You already squatted, and it's a different movement. Yeah, I don't think anybody likes squats enough to do them twice. No, no, <laughs> nobody does, especially if they're heavy squats. Right. And that. if you do, you're a masochist, and you don't belong in this conversation. Please uh, click on the podcast below. <laughs> 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 but uh, you know, I, I and the biggest thing with the deadlift for feet is how narrow they are. Much more narrow or narrower than people think mm-hmm. right like you tell them hip width apart and people think that oh like my hips you know i gotta get a little bit like no your feet are probably going to be like six inches apart yeah six to nine literally inches apart. right below your hips. your legs yeah your legs yeah. are as straight as possible um your grip is as narrow as possible yeah, that's the one thing i also noticed like a lot of people go very wide on the grip yeah and they go kind of like a squat stance, if not wider. Yeah. Right. So it's like a hybrid between sumo and conventional. Mm-hmm. So it kind of like meets in the middle, but still your hands go either right on the knee or very slightly to um, the left of it. Yeah. Right. Or the right. Like right outside your thigh where you're still touching the knee or right on the knee. Does that make any sense? Yes. Right? Yes. Like yes. I've noticed that a lot. And I was like, Okay, let's narrow your stance. It's like, huh? Yeah, just narrow it a little bit. Yeah. Okay, now, cool. Some more. Some more. Yeah. Go on. Give it a shot. Yeah. Go a little bit more. Uh, and they're always like, huh? And then the amount of, like, the ease it just gets them to go down and set everything up is like, whoa, mind-blowing. Like, who would have known, right? Right. Well, and the other thing is, especially when you get them real narrow, it's like, okay, this is narrow. I'm like, okay, now bring your heels in, right? Yeah. Like, what? I'm like, just trust me. It's going to make it easier for you to get your knees out of the way. Yeah. So I, I get the same thing with the squats. Like, toes out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Heels in. Why? Or like, get your toes out a little bit. It's like a 10 degree out. I'm like, no, yeah. no, 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 no. More than that. More than that. Yeah. And I don't prescribe to like the 30 degree thing quite as much. Um, but I will get there. You got to get your toes out of the way. Because if you point your toes out, it allows your knees to track out and out of the way over your toes. Because that's how they'll track anyway yeah. if you look at anybody who squats with their toes pointed forward pay attention to their knees and how they'll track outside of their feet so that means there's all this twisting force on their knee as they're squatting yeah. so point your toes out and then sometimes kind of to go off of that not to completely 
misinform. Um, these people that do point forward and their knees are out, they're a little bit more experienced where they have the mechanical advantages and muscular advantages Correct. that most uh, beginner lifters don't. Well, now, th- now my, my point is not for experienced lifters. Right, 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 right. So I just wanted to clarify that before everybody goes in and like, yeah, you know, I've seen this person squatting over 800 pounds with the toes pointing forward. Yeah. Like, yes, we know. Yeah. They're advanced, and that's pretty cool. Yes, and they've, but they've figured that out over a long period of time. Mm-hmm. Just point your toes out, right? Yep. At least in the beginning, and if it and then you know, the form you learn now when you're when you're a beginner, it's not, it's completely not going to be the one you're going to keep no. when you're squatting over 400, 500 pounds. Right. Your form is always going to adapt because you're always getting a little bit more mobile, a little bit more flexible. Your muscles going to endure more. There's always something that you're going to be able to adapt to that's going to make your lift easier. Yeah, I'll I'll tell you what. From my personal experience, is my squat stance has gotten narrower. Mine too. Yeah. Yep. My hip mobility is a lot better. Yeah. Um, I don't drop my chest at, as much anymore. Mm-hmm. I hold the bar differently. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, yeah, my, how I started to how I am now, it's completely different. Yeah. Completely different um, to the point where I kind of want to try pointing my toes a little bit more in. Oh, point my, oh a little narrow. Be- yeah, because yeah. of Me the, too. Uh, the screwing uh, yeah. effect that we like screw yourself to the ground, create that little uh, circular power motion Yeah. Uh, to help you bounce out of the squat. And I've been wanting to try that out, see how it feels now, because I tried it a couple of years ago, and then it didn't work out as well because of that an experience that I had. Yeah, for me, a similar thing, right? I don't pull my toes out as much. I have a little bit narrow stance, and it just feels so much more comfortable for me yeah. now, and I feel more balanced and powerful, yeah. right? And but, but when I first started, With I had in the butt. Right, I had my toes pointed out. I had my stance a little wider because that's what I needed at the time. And then as I became more comfortable as a lifter and a coach, I was able to decide on my own that that's what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And that's where having a coach comes in handy. An extra pair of eyes. Right. And so here's the thing with his deadlift, right? I set him up. He was able to get in position. Like I said, tall dude, 6'3", right? 250, big dude. Not Doesn't have the proportions to make him a great deadlifter. Like, it was going to be average deadlifter right if he had a long arm maybe right if he had long arms or if he had uh shorter legs longer torso he doesn't he's just built normally just taller he's built normally <laughs> just, he's just you hear that you unnormal monster yeah nobody appreciates your deadlift locking out at your knees okay <laughs> uh especially those guys that have super strong grip yeah who grip the bar with just the fingertips so that's like what an extra oh, inch yeah like an extra inch that you don't have to bring it up but they're super strong. They're super strong. Like they're going like 800 pounds, but right on the fingertips and the bars like at their knees. <sighs> no, no, nobody likes you at all. But we like seeing your videos because you lift a lot of weight. Yeah. So, so it's, it's a love-hate nice. relationship. I love what you do, but I'm basically just jealous that you can do it a lot better than I can. Yep. That's yep. a good way of looking at it. Yep. yep. So this guy's deadlift went fine. He was The first time he deadlift, he said he was in pain. He was in discomfort. We did the teaching progression. Taught him about deadlift. Um, he was a lot closer to the bar than he thought he was going to, which is another thing that people kind of assume that you got to be far from the bar. It's like, no, you want to be real close to the bar. Real Not close. so close where like you're bumping the bar every time you move, but close enough to where the bar is over the middle of the foot. And again, not the middle of the foot that you see, not like the front part that you see on your shoe on your shoe with your laces, yeah. right? The easiest thing to do is the like if you have an arch, put it right over the middle of the arch of your foot. I like to go um, shoelace. 
the knot of the yes. shoelace. Shoelace is a good one too. Like the shoelace of the knot, the knot of the shoelace. Yeah. Um, or sometimes, like what uh, being the coach, you kind of know where. You just kind of know. Um, yeah, you kind of just know where the bar should be for their leverage. Right. So, what at least what I do is like I look at the shoes, and if I see something like a, like something that I can cue. Like, yeah, you know, put it, if they have Jordans, like, yeah, you know, put it right where the Jordan is. Yeah. Or put it right where. They got Jordans. Huh? <laughs> you have people pulling in Jordans? I have people pulling in Jordans. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, and I was like, so originally they asked me, like, yeah, what's the proper uh, shoe that I should get for lifting? I was like, anything flat, really. Um, no cushion. Yeah. Uh, the best way to go. Um, if you want to get squat shoes, completely up to you. Not necessary. No. But here's the advantages. Yeah. Right. But you don't need it. Um, so he was squatting in shoes. I was like, yeah. And, and he was squatting in Jordan shoes, uh, the other thing in Jordans. He's like, yeah, man, I've seen guys lift over 700 pounds in Jordans. Completely fine. Right. Jordans are flat. Jordans don't have cushion, uh, especially those. You're fine. Right. But they work. Uh, he's like, yeah, I just don't want to crease my Jordans. Cool. Yeah. Uh, get I get some converse. that. Yeah. Then don't pull in your Jordans. Get some converse. Yeah. So don't I, squat in your Jordans. You got converse now. Um, those Chuck, uh, black Chuck Taylors. Yeah, my buddy's got vans that he's lifting. Perfect. In. Yeah. Anything flat, really. Um, and he seems to have, like, for squat, the ankle mobility to use gold flat shoes. I'm still going to suggest to him to get lifting shoes for squats um, just from a stability standpoint because it's such yeah. a dynamic movement. I think for him being that tall, they would come in handy. Right. It would help him get his knees get, forward get, yeah. and all that. And still be balanced out with the hemis. Yeah. And so he's a size 13, so I couldn't, yeah, I couldn't give him my shoes, which were... Size 11, the old ones. Wow. Yeah. Why don't you open up the toes? I mean, all you need is a heel. That's. I mean, it's true. I, I make, him, if... make him some guaraches, you know. <laughs> some lifting guaraches. The first in the world. Yeah. Lifting guaraches. So, um, yeah, he had a, a very good experience with it. And it's easy. And I don't want to say it, like, as an experienced coach, it's a lot easier to coach someone who's younger and has some sort of athletic background. Those are the easiest people to coach. Now, the hard part of this is that he's my friend. I've known him forever and people whom you know tend to have an issue listening to you if they don't take it seriously and i what what my point is i did not have that issue right yeah because i was gonna say the same thing like uh, i'm coaching a lot of my buddies um and it's like they know me as a certain person yeah and i'm a completely different person when i'm coaching and being professional yeah right to the point where I got them really uncomfortable <laughs> by me being so professional. Right. Right. So it's like, it's like I have to be professional because you're paying me and you deserve my professionalism. Right. Yes. Um, if I do, I was doing it free, probably a different story, but you're paying me good amount of money to be professional and coach you. Right. Um, so yeah, it's like, there's so many jokes that you can do because they're your buddies, but right. you choose not to. Yeah. Um, and then, them taking you serious when you say something and not also not saying a joke right it's like you got to find that barrier and then once you find it you're fine um but yeah it's it, it, at the beginning it was hard for not not me so much but for them taking me serious right and seeing like the other side of me not the goofy not the uh kidding around not the uh, uh the funny one but you know the professional ones like, yeah like, wow, okay, oh, this so, is serious, Alex. Uh, so, this guy, okay, wow, okay. Um, so like everything just like changes, like in a snap of a finger, right? Yeah, um, but yeah, 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 I understand what you mean. Yeah, so I think that as a beginner, right, 
and you know, we, we we'll say it again, and we've said it before. Um, go get a coach, right? Um, yeah. And the beginning thing, is the expectations are: if you have a good coach, they are not going to beat you up in the beginning. I, I've come to the point in my coaching where I'm pretty conservative starting off their weight. Yeah. Because here's the thing with that is you're always going to go up from there, right? And if they're comfortable with it, they're going to want to stay for the long haul. If your first couple of sessions with people, um, they start dreading it right away, right? It's, oh, this is like really yeah. heavy. Oh, I'm and like, I think the soreness comes in play. Yeah, exactly. If they're super sore, they're not going to want to come in, especially if it's their first day. Yeah. They're not going to want to come in. You know, I'm in pain. I'm not going to go in. They don't understand that whatever got you sore, yeah. you got to do more. Right. And then you're going to get better yeah they don't they don't know that yet right um and so it's just a matter of like you know taking it easy building that good rapport that good relationship with the gym and the lifting having them come over and over and over and over and over again it's gonna be a lot better yeah um but yeah 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 i know what you mean yeah so i don't whenever i, I start somebody off i always underestimate their, their, their stuff yeah um you know i watch bar speed i still watch bar speed and when bars and traditionally it's when the bars when it starts to get heavy, right? Is the bar speed will slow down, mm-hmm. and then you do more sets. So I'm a little bit more sensitive on that. As soon as I I feel that the bar speed will slow down, I stop. Because again, you're gonna you're gonna add weight the next time and the next time and the next time at least for a couple months. Yep. And you're this is my my whole opinion on on the on the LP is it's gonna end up at the same weight regardless of where you start. Right. Like you're going to let's say if you're going to end your LP for 315 for three sets of five on a squat. Right. It's going to end there whether you start at 185 or 135. Yeah. The difference is if you start, let's say, lighter, you have more days, more weight of experience. Yep. Um, let's call it a little bit more volume. Yes. So you can maybe even push that uh, uh, genetic LP potential yeah. a little bit further. Just because of the little extra volume, yes. Um, the little extra practice under the bar, the more time under the bar, uh, the little cues here and there, tips you learn during the way, you have a lot more of that if you start a little lighter. Yes. Right. So yeah, I mean, I, I also start a little bit lighter. Like, I don't use a scale one to ten. I feel like I overwhelm them with one to ten, so I use one to five. Right. Um, which is almost the same thing. It's the same thing. Yeah. Well, because like even like an RP scale of 10, anything below six or doesn't five really doesn't matter. even count. Yeah. Right. It doesn't really matter. So five, uh, and I have them be like, okay, so we're going to work up to a three. Right. And I get a lot of, which two, would be an eight, hmm? which would be an RP of eight right. roughly. Right. And I get a lot of 2.5, three, 3.5, 3.2. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay. Um, but it's like the bar speed, as soon as it slows down, I was like, either, even if it's for the first, for the uh, for the last set, I was like, okay, we're going to stop, and then we're going to bring it down slightly so we can have more room to build up. Okay. Yes. Um, and then obviously, it makes them feel better, right? And then we can go five fives, and then go to three fives, and then the more volume, the better. Yeah. And I mean, another, yeah. another thing I've done when running people through LP is um, I'll work up to, like, a set of five, and then when they come in again, do that for sets across. Mm-hmm. Right, so they'll they'll get the practice at the weight, and then when they come in again, then we'll do a traditional warm up, so they kind of know how to warm up for the process, and then do that same weight, but three more sets, yeah, for three yeah. sets across. If you're being ultra conservative, like I would be with like um, older clients or people super weak, I'll do one set of five, then two sets of five, then three sets of five at the yeah. same weight, and then once you hit that three sets of five, yeah, and, which, and that again, that that uh, 
that sequence helps out with the report, mm-hmm. right? Because you do one set of five at a good weight, and then you the next day you won't be killed, right? Your, your soreness won't be as bad, right? So they're gonna come back. Now we do a little bit more at the same weight. They leave. They're fine. They come back. They do the same weight for three, two, um, and then from there it's like your body adapted. Yep. You're good to go, and you're yeah, not gonna well, be super sore. Right. Once you get to that third workout, that's it. Yep. You're, you're good. Really after the second, but the third one locks it in. Yeah. It's like the cherry on top of the cake. Yeah. Which you can go after your workout, get some cake. <laughs> Power lifters, man. We can. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Build good rapport uh, with your training. Don't overdo it at the beginning. Even yeah. if you know you can, you probably could. For uh, sure. Everyone can do more, right? Yeah. But there's no reason for there's it. There's no reason for there's it. There's no reason for it. Don't kill yourself. Uh, you still want to go back uh, pain-free. And then build from there. Remember, it's like building a house. Yes. Good foundation. Yes. And then from there on, you build a mansion. Yeah, don't rush the foundation. Mm-mm. Otherwise, you get leaks yeah. in your roof. And then when it rains, you're flooded. <laughs> there goes your analogy, right? Hey. hey. See, they just pop out, they, man. <laughs> I didn't plan it. God, you're so smart. <laughs> Stop it. So I think that covers a good thing, a good amount of what we want to talk about for... Somebody who wants to, wants to start. start. Yeah. So the end all is get a coach. Yes. Get a good coach. Yes. That knows what he's doing. Yes. That will make you like it. That will know your, um, not limits, that will know your capabilities. Yes. Um, and that can adapt to your capabilities. So, and the end all is start lifting. Yeah. Get stronger. Yeah, whatever that takes, right? Whatever it takes. If it's, start wherever you want. Start right. with walks. Just got your friend started with a kettlebell, right? You did. Start with walks. Start with uh, signing up to a gym and not going. You already did the first step. Yeah. Right? You already came out of your comfort zone to sign up. Yeah. Right? So now you understand that you need accountability. Yes. So now you get a coach and you cancel that membership and then now you're actually making gains. <laughs> See, it all starts somewhere. That is somewhere. kind of the progression of everybody. Right. The progression of you getting into your car, it's energy exerted. Getting into the parking lot, walking to the gym, that's already physical activity. Signing all these papers and then going back and canceling, that's more paperwork. <laughs> right? That's more energy. That's more sweat. You're already somewhere. Now, get stronger. Yes. And notice how we say coach, not trainer. There is a distinction. That hurts right now. No, because you're a coach. But I'm also a trainer. Yes, but you did that to coach people. I did. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, and, you and know, I, it's funny because I, I, I really don't use my A certification at all. No. And it's coming upon renewal. And I don't know if I want to renew it. It's yeah. useless. I mean, the only thing that it would be good for is get insurance. I don't even use our insurance. Yeah. So. I have my own. Yeah. Because um, that insurance only covers me, not me and the client. Right. Right. So now I have something that covers both and my uh, location. Yeah. I mean, the, the only certification I have now is the USA weightlifting one. I don't feel I need any. Isn't other. that you, you got to renew that? You renew it every year. So I think in January I'm yeah, coming up on the coming, renewal. Right? Yeah. yeah I remember. Which should be my, then I would be going into year three. And do you have to go take the exam again? or how No, it's work? an online exam. It's mm. a quiz just to make sure that you're up to date. Up to date. Yeah. Um, the, the one thing that they do, that you do have to do with USA weightlifting is pass a background check every year. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, which I think is good. Yeah. And then I can, I should pay for insurance through them. So yeah, that no, way I have it. My ACE goes through CEUs. So, okay. So you have to do training and stuff. Not that I, I have classes that I went to from like the university. Okay. So they work. Okay. Cause I'm still in the, uh, 
fitness uh, learning process. So those credits that I use for school work for credits in my certificate. Okay. Um, so I don't have to do anything. Nice. I think one class covers it for the whole year. And then it's ready. It's good till like three years or two. Oh, years. okay. So you're good. Yeah. But if you if you renew it. If I renew it. Which I probably would because I already did it. Yeah. How much is it to renew it? Nothing. Oh, then just do it. No, yeah. You just put the CEUs in there and you're set to go. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's that. Yeah. I think that covers it. We went on a huge tangent on that one. We did. Anyways. Um, yep. Get strong. Lift. Get a good coach. And uh, the sky's the limit. Yeah. So, if you guys got any questions, you can reach out on email at soulchachopodcast at gmail.com or on social media. Uh, we're on Instagram at soulchachocast uh, and on Twitter at soulchachocast as well. Yeah. So if you got any questions, reach out to us, slide in the DMs. I would love for everyone to slide in the DMs. If you want to be featured, we'll figure out a way to feature you. So let us know. Yeah. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.